Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The Horse Lovers podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we're like, we're, we're, we're just a couple of... Uh, horse guys, horse girls, horse horse girls who are guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought about. I I wasn't sure if there's like a male version of horse girls term, so I just went with horse lovers. Yep, yep. I uh, <laughs> um I remember seeing somebody tweeted this picture once of like uh, some horse magazine, and the, the the headline on the the cover page was something like horses. The world's most beautiful animal, or something like that. And I was like, "All right, bold claim." But I guess you're playing to your audience there. Uh huh. Nice. So yeah, we 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 love we love horses around here. In fact, if we ever see any, we we just feel compelled to bring them inside. <laughs> yeah, totally. If I if I were to see like a giant wooden horse just out on the plains, I would totally roll it right into my city. The, the great horse of Asia, I believe. Uh-huh. Or, or, you know, any any great horse. And, and and also, because we're horse lovers, any horse can be a great horse. It's true. It doesn't even have to be 50 <laughs> feet tall and made of wood. Yes. All horses are great. Indeed. Just like all cats are beautiful. <laughs> a hag. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get that to catch on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kyle, how's it going? What have you been up to? Um, doing all right. I actually was playing a little bit of Hades the other day. I figured since we're still here in the Trojan Greek times, maybe mm-hmm. we do another quick little Hades update. I mean, so, that, 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 that's going to happen regardless of what times we're in. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Hades are, you know, just video games in general. What, what have we been playing? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was playing some Hades the other day. I actually haven't played it as much recently since the last time we talked about it when I had turned off God Mode and was thinking about turning off the Pact of Punishment to make things a bit easier. Uh huh. So I have played a few more times, and I did turn off the Pact of Punishment. And with that off... I did manage to make it to the final boss, but still have not actually won a game. It's hard. Yeah. That, that final boss is, uh, yeah, not, I mean, I don't know how many people care about Hades spoilers at this point, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like you, everything you have to get go through to get to the final boss. And like by the time you get there, I, I don't know how many um, uh, death defies you have left or how high your right. HP is or yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm thinking that I might end up turning God mode back on. I might give it a few more runs because I don't think I've done every weapon with God mode off yet, but mm. I'm thinking I might turn it back on. Yeah, I, I, I turned it on and, and no regrets so far. I haven't played a whole, whole lot since I turned it on, but yeah, I think it was a good choice. Yeah. Also, the thing with Pact of Punishment is that like having it off you're not really progressing like character wise, you know, you're still progressing like in the meta game story and stuff, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the character getting stronger and like earning more rewards and stuff, it kind of hampers your progression to not be doing pact of punishment. So that makes sense. Another thing that happened recently is, uh, the first episode of Picard season three came out um, this is, of course, the season where they're bringing back all the characters from the next generation for one last final hurrah. Indeed. Um, 
up until they decide to make a movie. <laughs> but of course, by the time this comes out, I don't know, the season will probably be over, but... Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. We, we've only seen one episode, but so far, so good. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I... I was not like completely blown away or anything, but I was also not disappointed. And I was kind of slightly expecting to be at least a little bit disappointed. So I was, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. It's still early days. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For <laughs> but, sure. but when this comes out, I might be listening to this again and being like, oh boy, no, <laughs> that, that optimism. Or I might be like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, uh huh. Yeah, I I think I've managed to keep my expectations relatively in check, but but they're they're starting to go up. Like I I read yeah. um, your your partner and I were talking um, I think about a week ago, and she mentioned a um, a Trek core spoiler free review that you had had read, and then I, she recommended that I read it too, and I did, and that got my hopes up. So yeah, uh, that article got my hopes up too. I keep reminding myself <laughs> that the reviewer had only seen six episodes. Yeah, who knows? So, yeah, who knows, who knows how the end of the season goes? <laughs> <laughs> Will they land it? I guess. I guess we'll find out. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Speaking of so far so good, that might be what uh, the Doctor and Odysseus are thinking to themselves as they're inside the Trojan horse getting wheeled into Troy. <laughs> and that was our cliff dangler. Hey, I managed to, to somehow fold that into our, our transition. We're doing this all out of order. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle, how'd you watch it? <laughs> so, as you might expect from the past few episodes of this How'd You Watch It segment, I did, in fact, watch this one as a loose cannon reconstruction. I learned from the archive.org archive of the loose cannon website that I mentioned to you guys, to you all recently, mm-hmm. that there actually are no telesnaps of this serial. So, you know, there are other like onset photos that were taken, you know, either by the production staff for design or costume reference. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there may have been like press photos and stuff, but there weren't actually any telesnaps. So, wow. Yeah. I suspect that was a pretty rough experience. <laughs> like, there, there's something on your screen right now, and it may or may not have anything to do with uh, what's happening in the episode at this point. Uh huh. Loose Cannon did a, a pretty good job, though, I will say, with this serial overall. Like, yeah, with, yeah. For, for what they had to work with, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously we all would would prefer, and I'm sure even Loose Cannon would prefer to have the original episodes still existing. But yeah, but yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it actually. Cool. By the way, since we're doing this all out of order, we have not yet <laughs> mentioned that this is Horse of Destruction, the ninth episode of season three. Heck yeah. Horse of Destruction. Now that now that would be a good band. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe uh, what was it? Dravins from Galaxy Four, maybe or whatever the band name was that we came up with before. They can uh, open for Horse of Destruction. Yeah, I think that 
that sounds like that would be appropriate rather than Horse of Destruction opening for the Dravans. Yeah. Yeah. I, or whatever that band was. I anyway, <laughs> we, we only we only uh, move move ahead in this in this podcast. <laughs> no looking back. Except exactly. for the Cliff Angler. Yes. Which I've already done. <laughs> did it all out of order. <laughs> uh, oh, hi, Matilda. So we pick up this episode basically where we left off. Cassandra is talking about what an idiot Paris is for bringing the horse into the city. Mm-hmm. And Paris is talking about how cool this fucking awesome horse is. Hell yeah. And how wrong Cassandra was about that cool temple that he found on the plains a few episodes ago and had brought into the city, the TARDIS, of course. Mm -hmm. He says that this temple has only brought them luck because ever since they brought it and ever since Vicky, a.k.a. Cressida, showed up, like, all the Greeks left. They sailed away. So Yep, yep. I see no flaws in this logic. Uh Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's odd that this horse showed up, but, like, it's a cool-ass horse. Hell yeah. It's a great horse. Uh-huh. Of Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, meanwhile, is freeing Stephen, a.k.a. Diomedy, from the dungeons. Cool. I'm glad somebody remembered him. Yeah. We cut briefly to the Doctor and Odysseus, who, as you mentioned, are inside the horse. They're having a chat with each other. And the doctor wishes that Odysseus had given him, like, one more day to build the horse so he could have, like, fit shock absorbers onto it. Apparently it's been a pretty rough ride. Amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, you shock know... Shock absorbers, maybe some bucket seats, right. a good sound system. <laughs> one more day we could have had the crew from Pimp My Horse in here. Could have been great. <laughs> we cut up to the palace balcony where... Paris, Cassandra, and Priam are all watching the horse basically, you know, get put into place in the city. Mm-hmm. It's a little more rough-hewn than I had expected. Well, since it's here, we'd better take a closer look. How close a look do you want to take there, y'all? <laughs> uh-huh. They're like, yeah, clearly this horse wasn't on Pip My Horse. <laughs> Looks more like something someone built in Minecraft, if I remember right. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Vicky and Steven are out of the dungeon now. They're out in the crowds on the city streets to try to get a look at the great horse. Steven's like... <laughs> yeah, nah, that'll always that'll <laughs> always work on me, Kyle. <laughs> They're like ducking and hiding to you know try to avoid being seen or caught, since Stephen is basically an escaped prisoner at this point, and Vicky is the one who let him go. Mm-hmm. Vicky ends up spotting one of Cassandra's handmaidens in the crowd, Katrina. And Katrina is moving through the crowd looking for her. And Stephen basically encourages Vicky to go to Katrina. He says that the Trojans still trust her. And if she cares about Troilus, 
who was, you know, the the hot young son of King Priam. Mm-hmm. If she cares about Troilus, she should basically go tell him to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Yeah, you know, he's a, a hot young Trojan soldier, so his time in this world would probably not be for long uh-huh. if, he, if he were to stay here. Mm-hmm. We cut back to the palace where Troilus has discovered that Stephen, a.k.a. Diomede, is missing. Oh, buddy, your girlfriend let him out. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's gone down. The cell that they were keeping him is empty. Cassandra, of course, immediately suspects Vicky, which, you know, she's correct. <laughs> she tends to be. <laughs> uh-huh. And Vicky happens to turn up just then. They ask her if she freed Diomede, but conversation kind of gets sidetracked a little bit and she never actually directly answers that question although she does insist again that she's not a sorceress which you know is also true Mm -hmm. cassandra basically orders her handmaiden katrina to stay with vicky or you know cressida i guess cool cool Uh, add a quick npc to our party here Uh uh-huh We cut back to inside the horse where the doctor is getting pretty worked up. He kind of seems like maybe a bit claustrophobic and he really wants Odysseus to let him out. But of course, Odysseus won't because that would ruin the whole plan, obviously. (laughs) Can you imagine how that would look? He's just like, oh, no, excuse me. (laughs) Don't mind me. Just stretching my legs. (laughs) Uh, I'm just an old man. I'm a traveler who happened to be passing through this horse. <laughs> oh man, it's been it's been days since that horse gobbled me up. <laughs> Let me tell you, this horse needs to eat more fiber. <laughs> it makes me wonder where the exit to the horse is. We know where the exit to the horse is, Kyle. We yeah. we, we know. <laughs> Odysseus talks about how nice it would be if either Agamemnon or Achilles were to die in battle, because that would mean more spoils for Odysseus. Oh yeah, I guess I guess Achilles didn't suffer his whole heel thing yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put a pin in that, I guess. And maybe someone will put a pin in Achilles' heel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, the doctor thinks that this is pretty shitty. That is a most immoral way of looking at life. Nonsense. It's the reason that I've been here for ten long years, fighting all the time. I mean, I guess I've played enough D&D that I can't really blame him. Yeah. We're, uh, we're all just in it for the loot. And, you know, if it if a few NPC party members happen to die and the loot gets divided into fewer piles, then so be it. Yeah, man. Well, what player is going to want to divide loot with NPCs? <laughs> Eventually, Odysseus basically tells the doctor that if he doesn't shut up, he'll kill him, and the doctor shuts up. It seems like the wise choice. Yeah. You know, they are supposed to be, like, being quiet in the horse until, you know, they all attack the city, so... Mm-hmm. Troilus comes to visit Vicky in the palace. He waits until Katrina has fallen asleep, basically, and... Vicky urges him to leave the city. She tells him to go look for Diomede. 
he's confused at first. He's pretty worried that she's in love with Diomedy. You know, he's wondering, like, why do you want me to go find him? Mm-hmm. And he thinks that maybe she's in love with him. But when she says that, you know, he's just a friend, she promises he's just a friend, then Troilus is confused why she wants him to be captured. To be a prisoner of war is considered very bad form. <laughs> it's just not done. <laughs> One is generally encouraged to avoid it, in fact. <laughs> she basically tells Troilus that she wants him to capture his own prisoner so everyone will respect him as a warrior. Remember, he's like a 16 or 17-year-old kid, essentially. Mm. And, you know, she she claims that, you know, she wants him to capture a prisoner so he can, like earn this respect and whatnot. That's a pretty good excuse. Yeah. yeah, That works. She tells him that Diomede is unarmed and that he won't hurt him. So Troilus is still kind of unsure, but he did actually promise her that he would do anything for her. So he leaves the city. She's got you there, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Once night falls, the Greeks all quietly leave the horse couple of Trojan guards in the area get silently killed, like, right away, basically. Dang. All you right. Know, the Greeks are able to to remain hidden while they sneak up behind him. And, like, you know, if you're, if you're hidden and you're in sneak mode when you do an attack, it's an automatic critical. So That's true. You get the little icon over their head and you just kind of push the corresponding button and then you get a cool little animation of... Silent kill. <laughs> yeah, so they these two guards go down immediately, and Odysseus is pretty excited about this. He tells the doctor that looks like this plan's going to work. Out on the plains, Troilus is shouting for Diomede, but he ends up finding Achilles, who tells him that Diomede's long dead. Hmm. Uh, remember, of course... Stephen is... Oh, right, because the actual Diomede right. is dead. Yeah, Stephen's using the name and armor of Achilles' actually dead friend. Or maybe it was Odysseus's friend, I don't remember. But yeah, there was actually a soldier named Diomede who is long dead. Mm-hmm. Achilles and Troilus basically insult each other for a minute and then get down to sword fighting. We get lots of, you know, repetitive... I guess not telesnap shots. I wrote that in my notes, but that's wrong. <laughs> we get lots of repetitive imagery of sword fighting. Not even telesnaps shaking my head. <laughs> uh huh. Eventually, Achilles apparently slips. You know, I'm narrating this action based on like the transcript of the episode and like the loose cannon reconstruction. So mm-hmm. unclear exactly what happens, but Achilles apparently slips. And Troilus gets a fatal blow in, but as Achilles dies, he stabs Troilus. Dang. I've been playing some uh, Hellish Court lately, which is this sword fighting game that's currently in early access. And man, it's easy to kill each other in that game. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of draws if you don't turn on the right of way rule. Nice. So uh, was the was the heel involved in this at all, <laughs> um, or uh, did we not bother, or we don't know? Not, not as far as I could tell. Okay. Yeah, it seemed to be just a a, a non heel involved kill. 
Gotcha. Meanwhile, back in the city, some Greeks from the horse go and open the city gates. And of course, all the Greeks from the ships that had previously left and sailed back under the guise of night pour in through the open city gates. Mm -hmm. We cut to the palace where Priam and Cassandra can hear sounds of commotion and shouting and screaming and everything outside. I hope Cassandra gets an opportunity to say, <laughs> I told you so, before uh -huh. it's too late. Paris bursts into the room and tells them what happened, and Cassandra does get this opportunity. Excellent. I mean, you know, it's not going to do anyone any good at this point, but uh -huh. I hope she got some satisfaction out of that. Yeah, totally. You're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy our show, please leave us a five-star review and tell a friend. We appreciate you, listener. You can reach us by tweeting at Dr. Watcher or emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. And now, back to the episode. Just then, Odysseus bursts into the room and, of course, orders his soldiers to kill them. Vicky and the doctor reunite outside the TARDIS, you know, in the Trojan city streets. Mm -hmm. She urgently wants to talk to the doctor. She basically sends Katrina to go get Stephen. She tells Katrina, like, where Stephen is hiding, basically. And, you know, go get him and bring him here. Mm -hmm. The doctor says that they should all three go look for Stephen. But Vicky, like, basically repeats that she really needs to speak to the doctor. So Katrina heads off and the two of them go into the TARDIS. Meanwhile, Stephen is fighting a Trojan soldier. Dang, all right. The Trojan actually, like, stabs Stephen in the shoulder. Oh, dang, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, and man. he's just about to... Be, I think hmm? this might be, like, the, the, the most violent injury one of our heroes has actually sustained so far. Yeah, it might. I think it might be, actually, the most intense PC injury. Yeah, I mean, we've had some sprained ankles and stuff, but... Uh-huh. And uh, Ian got paralyzer rayed by the Daleks, um, but, but yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone's ever been stabbed before. Yeah, the paralyzer ray was pretty temporary. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets stabbed in the shoulder, and the Trojan is actually just about to kill him when a Greek soldier happens to show up and basically kills the Trojan and saves Stephen's life. That's lucky. Uh-huh. Katrina shows up at this point. She finds Stephen and she tells him that Cressida sent her to find him and take him to the temple. And he's like, wait, hold on. I need to remember what, what this all means. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> He's pretty weak from blood loss. He's having a hard time standing and walking. So Katrina has to like support him and like, you know, help him off screen, basically. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on, Kyle. Before we move on, that makes it the uh, Katrivan. Katrivan, yeah. Statrina? Let's see. St Steve, Steetrina. I, no, I think it's, I think it's Katrivan. Katrivan. Yeah, I like yeah. that. We cut back to the TARDIS. 
where Vicky walks out of the TARDIS. This was actually like two or three seconds of actual video of the real episode. Wow. That must have been glorious. You yeah. must have been so relieved to see some moving images on your screen. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it was from like I mentioned in a previous episode, like some fan of Doctor Who had like pointed their home video recorder at their TV. So And they captured three seconds of footage. <laughs> like how bad was this video recorder? Uh-huh. <laughs> so we see Vicky leave the TARDIS. She looks a bit sad and she actually hugs the TARDIS and then walks off screen. Huh. And the doctor so kind of like... So she talks to the doctor about something and we don't know what it was. Right. And now Vicky's hugging the TARDIS goodbye, question mark? And yeah, the doctor like pokes his head out of the TARDIS door and like watches her walk away, basically. Kyle's being real stony-faced right now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not answering my question. <laughs> We cut back to the palace, where Paris and Priam are apparently dead now, and Odysseus's soldiers are taking Cassandra away. Odysseus is apparently planning on presenting her as a personal gift to Agamemnon, but she curses him before she goes. Yeah, fair. Ten long years we fought you, Odysseus, and ten long years it'll be before you see your home again. Nice. Well, I mean, it worked in the uh, the original source material, um, <laughs> but we've seen how things sometimes go a little different in the Doctor Who universe. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's what people actually call it, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not it sure might, either. It might, might, might take him a, a couple months at least to get back to Ithaca, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or maybe 10 years. Cassandra doesn't mention whether the story of his return will, you know, become a bestseller for an author named Homer. <laughs> so the Katrivan ship sails back to the TARDIS, mm-hmm. you know, with Katrina at the helm, basically. Stephen is yeah. is not doing a whole lot at the moment. And the doctor basically has Katrina help Stephen inside of the TARDIS and get him, you know, laid out on a couch. Odysseus, meanwhile, shows up outside the TARDIS and tries telling the doctor that he's claiming the temple as part of his spoils of war. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, the doctor, of course, is not going to stand for this. Now you'll stand back. I've gone far enough with you, my lord Odysseus. You go adventuring on your own. Be off and off. I uh, half expected the doctor to just sort of laugh and be like, that's nice. <laughs> sure. Uh Good good luck with that. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Odysseus orders his men to go find a cart to take the TARDIS away. You know, he's he's seen the Marco Polo serial, so he knows the best way to move the TARDIS around is on a cart. Yep, he's right. But the doctor just like heads into the TARDIS, shuts the door, and then the TARDIS dematerializes. Oh, dang. So we we just left without Vicky then for reals. Yep, for reals. Which leaves Odysseus to wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Were you really Zeus? After all. Close enough. <laughs> I mean, Zeus wishes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Out on the plains, Troilus is watching the city of Troy burning on the horizon 
as he shakes his fist to the sky and yells, Dennis! Dennis! <laughs> I mean, he actually yells, Cressida! Well, I think he'll, uh, he'll do slightly better with that one. <laughs> uh-huh. He, of course, now thinks that Cressida betrayed them, you know, after this whole horse thing went down. Oh, I hope he changes his mind pretty quick, because uh, Vicky's coming, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she actually shows up, like, just then. and Just as he's cursing her name, uh-huh. and she's like, oh, <laughs> Hang maybe, on a sec. Uh, maybe I should have gotten on the TARDIS after all. <laughs> <laughs> she basically explains to him that, no, in fact, she did not actually betray him, and... She actually stayed behind to make sure that he knew that she didn't betray him. Because she cares. She cares uh-huh. what he thinks. She explains that Diomede left with another friend of theirs that Troilus never met. And maybe she'll explain more someday, but it's just the two of them now. He wonders what they're going to do. And then they see his cousin Aeneas approaching on the plains and basically, Vicky says that cousin Aeneas can help out, and together they can build a new Troy, and she and Troilus start making out. Nice. So, yeah, the, the Cressidoilus ship, I don't remember what we called it. Troy. I, I like Cressidoilus. <laughs> the Cressidoilus ship is officially at sea and on its journeys. Well, I was wondering how far they were going to take the whole Troilus and Cressida thing because, like, yeah, if she'd just left with the doctor, it'd be like, oh, that was kind of a thing for five minutes, you know? Uh-huh. But no, looks like looks like they committed to it. Yeah. We cut back to the TARDIS interior where it seems like things are not really going too great. Stephen is apparently delirious with his wound and he seems to be getting worse. The doctor needs to find help for Stephen, but he's not really sure of where to go to find this help. Hmm. And through this conversation or through this scene, it basically becomes clear that Katrina thinks that she's dead. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, is she still on board? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I guess she's coming along. My dear child, you're not dead. That's nonsense. Hmm? This is not Troy. This is not even the world. This is the journey through the beyond. Well, uh, kind of is, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently, in a scene that was deleted, or, you know, cut from the episode or whatever, I read that she, like, was told, I don't know if it was by Cassandra or by some other augury or whatever, but she was apparently told that she would die soon. Hmm. So the doctor has to explain to the delirious Stephen that this is not actually Vicky and Vicky wanted to stay behind and that he knows that she'll be okay. But, you know, it's not really clear exactly how much of this explanation Stephen hears or understands. He's pretty out of it. Mm -hmm. As the doctor tells Katrina that He's not a god, and he starts looking around for some drugs to give Stephen <laughs> the words, next episode, the nightmare begins, appear on screen. 
Oh dang! Okay. Um, well, that's that's promising. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely promising something. Uh huh. So Katrina, we uh, we have a new companion, maybe. Well, I guess we'll see how long she sticks around. Uh huh. Yeah, Vicky's out and Katrina's in. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I don't think we'd even seen Katrina before uh, before this episode, right? I don't think so. It's yeah, it's possible she was in a previous episode, and I just didn't mention her because she didn't really impact the story. But I'm pretty sure that we didn't see her until this episode. I feel like that with the whole Troilus and Cressida thing, they must have been planning to uh, remove Vicky from the party all along. So you'd think they might have worked a little harder to build up our next companion. Yeah. But maybe not. Yeah. And, you know, I guess Vicky has always been sort of the replacement Susan in a lot of ways. Uh huh. And similar to Susan, she ends up leaving the adventuring party to spend the rest of her life in in Vicky's case like centuries in the past with a guy that she's barely met uh-huh but at least this time it was her decision rather than the doctor like forcing her out like he did with Susan yeah i i do prefer that i mean yeah. we didn't really get much of a scene as viewers to say goodbye to Vicky cuz her conversation with the doctor took place entirely off screen, it seems. Um, yeah. But at least we got to see her smooching uh, Troilus. So yeah, that, that should hopefully bode well for the future, I think. Yeah. And, you know, she basically the whole time that she's been on the show, like ever since the doctor first met her, she has been without home, you know, mm -hmm. like her family all died as they were leaving or, you know, emigrating away from their home planet. Mm -hmm. So this, in one sense, it might feel kind of rushed and like not necessarily the best decision. <laughs> but I am glad that like she now definitively has a time and place to call home again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's this interesting thought of like, would you rather be left in far future post Dalek occupation Earth, where the the humans have regained control of their planet and are rebuilding, or in the past, um, where the Trojans, having just recently lost Troy, are about to go and found a new city? Um, I think Rome is the one that they they canonically found. Oh, you know, uh, in the Aeneid, I think that's what they go and found is. Rome? Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Man, it's, uh, it's that been a history while since, at all. Since I was uh, a lit major. <laughs> uh, here, let me let me record two voice lines, and I'll re I'll leave in the one that's correct. <laughs> yes, they found Rome in the Aeneid. <laughs> all right, whichever one was right, I'll leave in. <laughs> Listeners, you will never know that we did this. You might. I might leave in this discussion of it. <laughs> or, or else it'll make no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I did read a little bit about, I guess, Maureen O'Brien's departure, the actress mm -hmm. who played Vicky. Mm -hmm. And what I read about that from, you know, the real world point of view is actually kind of shitty. Mm. I was a little worried about that, considering she wasn't on the very she wasn't on the show very long at all. 
I guess the show had basically just changed producers and this serial, The Myth Makers, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned the name of the serial itself yet, but it's The Myth Makers. Listeners, we are making myths. <laughs> this was the first serial produced by the new producer, John Wiles, but he had shadowed the show's original producer, Verity Lambert, during Galaxy 4. Hmm. And I guess during that serial, Maureen O'Brien had lots of snarky comments to make about the script. Hmm. And John Wiles apparently decided that he didn't like her and didn't want her around. So while the cast all got the week off for Mission to the Unknown, he arranged to have her replaced. Dang. Yeah. What a, what a fragile freaking ego. Right? Like, was he even the writer on that? Or even, I don't know, I don't care, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, like, let someone snark, dude. They're not harming anyone. Yeah, seriously. Especially if they've been on the show so much longer than you. Like, they've earned it. Come on. I mean, I, I, I don't know what she was saying, <laughs> I guess. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe she um, was being super shitty, but I kind of doubt it. I don't know. I, think I don't know one, the details. One thing that I read that she said was that it's not Shakespeare which is 100% correct and true that it is not Shakespeare. Uh, if, that, if that was her level of snark, I'm back firmly on your side. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, like that all sucks and makes me not like John Wiles. But Agreed. I do have to say that disliking the producer and or showrunner is a time-honored Doctor Who viewing tradition. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was his name? Stephen Moffat in the modern era, the one everyone hates. Uh-huh. Or maybe there were others as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, so this is the end of the serial. Kyle, the myth makers, we have made our myths. The myths are now fully made. So that uh, leads us to the question Would you recommend it to our listeners? So I will say that this serial was pretty fun. The fact that all four episodes are missing mm-hmm. does make it, you know, a bit rough of a viewing experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, Loose Cannon did a great job with what they had. The plot is pretty entertaining, though, I thought. It's rather historical, which I was getting a bit bored with, you know, <laughs> a little while ago. But mm-hmm. instead of just being like, Let's go meet some history people. The doctor actually gets to influence history here and gives Odysseus the idea for the Trojan horse. And I do have we have wondered, you know, if Uh if we can change history on Doctor Who. And it sounds like we proved it. Uh huh. I do, you know, really like the idea of the doctor getting his hands in there and changing history. So, although to be fair, the thing that happened was the thing that we'd always thought had happened. So maybe history required the doctor actually to go back and give a decision yeah that's that's fair it's less changing history and more ensuring history Mm. well uh something to think about (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i guess i would end up saying that this one is you know not necessarily required viewing but it was pretty fun to watch required quote unquote viewing yeah (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. I like the gimmick that like the the um, Trojan War actually happened, 
and uh, I guess the Iliad is based on historical events, but they're not uh-huh. quite what you might think from from that, uh, I suppose, fictionalized version, and this is the real thing. Well, you know, we don't necessarily have, like, the best historical records and artifacts and, like, the page at the start of the Iliad that says this is inspired by a true story like <laughs> that page has just been lost to time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Achilles was actually <laughs> kind of a loser. <laughs> Odysseus was just kind of a jerk and wanted to go home. Uh-huh. Well, cool. All right. I do also want to note that a year or two ago, I don't remember exactly when, but fairly recently the BBC released a box set of season two of Doctor Who on DVD or Blu-ray. And the trailer video that they made for the box set featured Maureen O'Brien as Vicky in it. Yeah, I saw it. It's uh, I think you you probably sent me the link to it to be fair. Um I think yeah, actually it, it, one it, of our one of our listeners sent us the link to it. Oh cool. Thank you, listener. Um but like I remember that it was filmed, I think, that year, and yeah. it's her as a, an old lady um, still in ancient Greek times as she's reminiscing, I think, to her grandkids or something like that about the doctor. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like her granddaughter, if I remember right, it was her and her granddaughter like walking through some gardens, basically, and reminiscing about these stories. Apparently, Vicky's daughter got you know was sick of these stories and didn't like them very much but her granddaughter apparently <laughs> loves them i love that I, i'm so glad she gets to be happy you know yeah and have this family this loving family i don't know i'm, I'm a chump i'm a sucker for those things <laughs> uh-huh yeah oh, so cool. yeah you, you don't even have to head canon that she lives happily ever after in trojan times because it is actually canonical that's great i love that that's 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 good of them to to bring her back like that yeah yeah i was happy to see that for sure well cool all right um any other notes about the myth makers uh nope i think that was it cool well we'll see you in two weeks listeners for the uh the nightmare begins is that what it was the nightmare begins um yeah but we should do our thanks as first oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was I, of course <laughs> of course um but i i do think i should also mention that we're gonna go on a, a brief hiatus um a, a recording hiatus it should not impact the 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 release schedule at all for right. you listeners so you shouldn't even notice but we've we've built quite a bit of a backlog here so i mean we, we, for me at least whenever we're like yeah we just watched the first episode of doctor or sorry of doctor dr picard <laughs> <laughs> the first episode of picard season three and by the time this comes out it's like long over um or whatever i don't i haven't done the math but yeah we're gonna let our backlog catch up a little bit so that, so that the things that we talk about are slightly more timely or at least less <laughs> less <laughs> untimely far off in the past yeah uh-huh. i was trying to think of how to how to say that untimely indeed okay cool so um by the way viewers, we would like to say the recording date of each episode is in the episode description if you want to know you know how long ago we recorded these 
Or we could just tell you it's February February 18th, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so we would like to thank, speaking of 23, we would like to thank, thank Circuit 23. How do you, you like my segue? <laughs> thank you to Circuit 23 for our theme song. We really appreciate it. If you want to check out his stuff, you can check him out on, um, what is it, SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Um, he's got an album. Check him out. Indeed. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me tell you all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We love to hear from you. Um, you can always email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet the Doctor Watcher. Wait, no, tweet Doctor Watcher. Yeah, there. That's yeah. what it is. I keep thinking about starting us a Tumblr. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> I, I may have actually done it. Who knows? So yeah, search yeah. Tumblr well, for the Doctor Watcher and see if we're on there or not. All right. Cool. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. family. In the end, our lives become stories. And in the telling of those stories in verse, song, or sculpture, we keep them alive. And good stories should live forever. Tell me another one. <laughs> your mother used to get tired of my stories when she was your age. I don't. No, you don't. Which one would you like? The Daleks. Again? Tell me about Dracula and the Daleks. All right then. <laughs> Do the voice. Do the voice. Exterminate.